I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the high. For season five of the, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Show. Alrighty, how are you? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, just a uh, couple of weeks of camp left, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Feels like a month. <laughs> it sure does. Um, thank you guys for joining us again for another weekend of guests. Uh, we have... Uh, today we are talking to... None other than... Melissa Lone. Yay, Melissa Lone. We're going to talk to her about uh, her journey and her current... Uh, journey. Journey with a new business that is on the threshold of... Of another journey. Of, yeah, that. So more details on that in a second. Uh, this episode is called Journeys. Yes. We also have launched a patreon page it is a soft launch as they say we haven't really talked about it much except to you guys but if you're curious you can look us up on patreon under connor and smith um and yeah it's it's we're just starting it's basically like starting your own production company it's really a new step for us as well so we are going to take a break and we will be right back Hello. Hello. Hi, Melissa. Hi. <laughs> um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Perfectly. Awesome. Hi. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, yeah, it has. Well, thanks for reaching out. <laughs> no problem. I'm sitting here with uh, my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Matt. Oh my God, where are you? Where am I? Actually, uh, strangely, I'm actually in Maryland right now. So you still have some, some blood in Maryland? Yes, my, my family, my, my parents are still here. You know what? I remember this story. So maybe we can just start here. I remember <laughs> when you came to SU that you were local. And I think I remember, I did, watch, I did watch two videos last night. We'll get to that later. I watched one about Chinese herbs. <laughs> And I watched one about maybe a special for yoga, but um, I remember I think you coming from Maryland and and is it it didn't you actually perform professionally kind of like at Toby's before you even went to school? <laughs> yes, Matt. This is what is so funny. It's crazy, right? So I actually was at Toby's. I started doing Toby's Dinner Theater when I was fourteen, um, and uh, then I I did several shows there. And Burn Bray Dinner Theater back then. I don't know if you knew about Burn Bray. Oh, but... yeah. We both performed We there. closed Oh, it. yeah. <laughs> okay, Burn Bray. I also did uh, West End Dinner Theater. And, um, and uh, yeah, and I, I, I had done all that. And then, interestingly enough, I was actually doing Big, was it Big River? I think I was doing a show there. And I, there was a, a girl named Elise Garrett. Um, oh my God, we're talking to her tomorrow night. Stop it. Okay, so she... We're going to put you guys together. She <laughs> she was in the show. Um, I was so young, I didn't even drive. I don't even think she was like, she was like helping me. Like she would, I, I kind of carpooled or something. I don't even remember now, but um, but she was the one. I, no, I was older because I was going to go to college and I was looking at colleges and she recommended Shenandoah because that's where she went. And so that was my introduction. So then I went to Shenandoah and then ironically, obviously we met in met there um and then later on i found out that you were doing toby's and i just i love that i just love toby's and uh that's so that's so awesome <laughs> that's so funny yeah garrett i think garrett is from like alexandria ish maybe possibly mm, maybe that sounds familiar it's been anyway i always i remember you being such a badass in at the university and i think that because you already had a little bit of professional experience. Therefore, you kind of were weeding out the bullshit that was yes. kind of nothing but bullshit, right? <laughs> Matt, you can only put things in the way that you put things. And I love that about you. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know exactly, um, but but thank you, I think, uh, with that. I I, I definitely I, mean, I, I definitely had done, I mean, I love the, the Toby's uh, Dinner Theater really did prepare me, I feel like, for a lot of lessons. So, you know, going into school, but when I, I have to be really off, uh, honest, I went to Shenandoah and I didn't know even where C was on the piano, to be honest with you. I, I honestly, everything was by ear. 
And um, so for me to go to Shenandoah in those first two years at the conservatory, being very, um, all those things, the oral skills, the sights, you know, singing and the, and uh, all of the theory and all that stuff for me, I felt like I was leagues behind so many people. Right. Um, so that was super, that was, I was very grateful at the time and um, learned a lot in those first two years. After Shenandoah, did, did you go uh, right to New York? So after Shenandoah, my, my feelings with Shenandoah after those two years, I left early, a little early, because um, I really wanted to kind of dive in because I to more the acting side of things. And I felt like uh, there were another school that uh, you, I went to University of Arizona. Um, I went out there. Uh, they had uh, some film stuff as well um, as the theater stuff. And they had about, you know, seven or eight different teachers and um, and honestly, I think I just wanted to get a huge change of scenery. Um, and uh, and so I did that. And so I graduated from there. Um, and then um, somebody had told me to negotiate my union card before I went out to New York. So I had done that in a in a um, a couple of summer a summer stock gig in uh, Sedona, Arizona, which was heavenly um, to 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 work there and get my my card. And then I um, and then I drove across country and went to New York. And uh, that was back in 2000. I don't know if you remember, but I, me and Stephen had just kind of moved to DC. We weren't here very long and we didn't even quite even know what the Helen Hayes Awards were. Oh, mm -hmm. And we snuck in, well, we didn't sneak in. We just walked into the candy center. I was taking the escalator up <laughs> and I ran into you. Yeah. And you were doing, I believe the national tour of maybe beauty and the beast beauty and the beast that was my big like for me a big break yeah and they opened i opened my first national tour at the kennedy center it was so crazy <laughs> like it was so stressful uh i remember i um that was that was a trip because i had done about i'd done some regional gigs when i first moved to new york um i really didn't know a whole lot about all the different regional theaters honestly um and so i was just auditioning for everything and um, I had booked Paper Mill Playhouse and I didn't even know what it was. And um, I remember my girlfriend that I had, I literally had $500 in my pocket, like in my, in my bank account. I had enough for like just the month. I had to find a job. I had to find a place to stay. It was just me and like, you know, whatever could fit in the back of a Mustang, you know, just classic. But then when I, when I was there and I, um, I booked a couple of these gigs and then, um, and then beauty, I, I, I had a, I had a, like a little bit of a, a lull. I had like a, like February, I had like a, a lull of getting something, you know, I wasn't getting any callbacks. It was cold. It was February. And so um, a fr a, somebody had called me and said, Hey, come out to Hawaii. I've got a gig out here. And so I did. And I left and I went to Hawaii. Oh my God. I swear to you. So I, I was like, you know what? I'm cold. I'm not getting callbacks. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm just going to go to Hawaii. So I go to Hawaii and I'm there for, I literally bartending on the beach for a few months. And, um, and nice. I get a call from Beauty and the Beast saying, hey, we had you on file. Can you come in for a final callback? <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, literally. And I said, yes. And so I just like left everything and like flew back to New York and, um, and booked that job and was in, Canada, in DC again a week later, uh, opening the national tour, I mean, opening up my, my role there in, uh, in Beauty. And I ran into you at the Kennedy Center, which was such a cool place to open that show. Like, it was pretty stressful and amazing all at the same time. <laughs> Were you the carpet? No, I was, um, I was. No, that's Aladdin. What am I fucking thinking? Um, <laughs> well, there well, is, there is a magic carpet. There is a carpet um, in, uh, in Beauty and the Beast actually, but it's usually a boy and he usually does a lot of gymnastics, but. Got it, got it. Um, but it was, uh, I was doing, uh, I was one of the silly girls, um, the little comedic little uh, Gaston girls that are following over them. And then I um, understudied Babette, which is the feather duster who sings a high soprano. And then I was up a, a plethora of, uh, you know, things in the, in the um, be our guest number. So I was a plate uh, and I was a napkin and all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> that was I don't. I don't know why I brought the carpet up. I. I. I think I was just <laughs> conflating my things. Even though there is a carpet, Matt just directed that show in like a small space that uh -huh. like was the size of our living room, um, and it. And he actually won a Helen Hayes Award for directing Beauty and the Beast. So that's oh kind God. of a fun, fun full circle thing there. But I don't believe there was a carpet in that, was there, Maddie? 
I don't think there was anything in that. No, there was barely anything. It was incredible. I uh, I kept telling my friends, like, you guys, you have to smoke dope before you come and see this show. <laughs> because yeah, there's, there's that is a- amazing. Congratulations, by the way. That is a phenomenal feat. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was done in a black box. And as you know, the show was a kind of a spectacle to see. Yes. The music's epic. And yes. what we did was just completely the opposite and made it just kind of what is the story about. And it was kind of interesting to see it with nothing. Like I, like I had a little girl who was like, I don't know, eight, played the rose. Oh, wow, Matt. What's so cool? That's it was interesting. That's beautiful. I love it because the story of it is is enough. Well, totally. And that's, you know, as we all know, being in what we want to call the business, you do start to realize that, you know, you, you sometimes are a cog in the machine and <laughs> in the way that people are buying tickets becomes another just commercial enterprise of like, okay, well, what, 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 what did I really go to school for? Yeah. And where do I belong? And um, I think that uh, I've been lucky enough to kind of do things like re-envision Beauty and the Beast in a black box and think outside the box and go, well, I, I'm not on Broadway, but uh, what would I do if I had no money? Yeah, yeah. No. Um, so back back to your um, Beauty and the Beast. After Beauty and the Beast, how, how long were you with the tour? So mm, I did a stint and I don't know, remember exactly how long. I The total amount of time was about two or three years, but I was with it. Uh, and then I left to go do Open Mamma Mia, the, the second national uh, end of that. And then I did that for six months. And then they asked me to come back to cover Bell. And so I went back to Beauty and the Beast for another year. I remember at some point you said to me, I don't know if you remember this or not, that you said, I'm going to leave this business. <laughs> did I- and I said, why? And you said, oh, there's a million people that can do what I can do. (laughs) And I thought that that was kind of proverbial in a sense that that's true of a lot of, you know, really life skills in general. Mm -hmm. It's really kind of what you what you want to do with your artistry and how you want to channel that into your your life to make, uh, you know, yourself happy or whatever. It's not really about. Um, not always landing that triple or that quad um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because after a while, like, you know, just if you watch the Olympics every year, every four years, everybody is like getting, there's, ten- a, there's a new spin. Well, everyone's getting 10% better. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're like, how is this possible? Yes. No. Would Elaine Stritch even make it to, to the final callbacks? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Absolutely. It, we're just constantly, reinventing and improving and it, things are just people are just sharpening their skills and getting things in a deeper level and yeah and it's a it's beautiful it's amazing i mean that's wonderful but yeah i and that's so interesting i you know i um one of the things it was always for me with the theater i mean i i'm so grateful for the theater i loved i i it was uh, it gave me so many things you know and I, I it will always be still part of me and i'm i never think that that theater is forever put away and gone it's always like you know there you know and um there's always a story to tell in a in a in a in a place in time and a place but um for me at the same time it was tough i always felt just like there was more for me and i always had sort of one foot in and one foot out um Whenever I was about to, I was like, that's it. I know, I knew I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm done. And I would progress and I would kind of think that then something would call me and I'd, I'd go do it and, and grateful I did. But the same token, there was always something else. And I always knew that there was something else calling me that I had more to offer. So what I, I say a lot of times on our podcast is that a lot of people stop adding commas in their life. And they seem to think that they're only after like one big period or one big exclamation point. Mm-hmm. But but you know, adding those commas mm-hmm. really adds to a a beautiful picture that's not just about that one period or that one exclamation point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because every every part of the sentence definitely contributes to this to the message. So for me, the when it comes to uh, 
when going transitioning like I did into East Asian medicine, everything that I now can bring to this medicine to help people, all of it is based in my experience and my journey as a performer and as an actor and a singer and a dancer and in so many ways and so many facets of it. Um, Was that already a part of you while you were um, still on tour and whatnot? Or is this something that you found later? So the the way this all kind of came to a, a like a peak was when I was doing a chorus line. So when I was doing a chorus line and Maggie, you know, is one of those roles where, um, you know, I, I, it was for me, definitely one of the biggest challenges I could do. There I am vocally putting myself in a spotlight by myself in a leotard singing like, you know, the, the most challenging, you know, vocals um, and dance wise. Uh, that I had ever done really, you know, on Broadway. And so for me to be at that level, I, I really knew that I had to, I had to change a lot of my life and how I, how I ate and how I, um, you know, how I lived my life. And, you know, I, I didn't realize, but leading up to that, apparently I had lots of, I was allergic to mold and dust and had no idea. So what ended up happening is I would sing like a bird and then I'd go into these like, you know, like Harlequin studios, right? Do you remember Harlequin? And it's like moldy and disgusting and old in New York. I don't know if you know that, but yeah. <laughs> or one of these like really old places and my, my throat would just close up. And uh, I couldn't like I would gurgle and not be able to sing. And, I, and for the longest time, I just thought it was my nerves and anxiety. And I and I was like, Am I, is this really something I want to do? And I would lose my voice. I had, you know, prenodule issues when I was on Beauty and the Beast. Like I would run into these issues because I'd be in these different theaters. And later on, I realized I was trying to take all these over the counter medications. It made it worse. And um you know, all those things kind of led me to looking into different avenues of health. Um, and uh, and so not only that, I also just feel like with theater, beside it all, I I had an underbelly always of, of anxiety about it, too, um, and traveling and all that sort of stuff. So for me, when I started, I was in that show. I changed a lot of these things, started looking into all these different types of holistic health care. And when I was rehearsing chorus line and I was doing Mary Poppins at night, I was doing double duty. It was the hardest time. I was literally doing, you know, 10 to 6 chorus line rehearsals by morning day and then going to Mary Poppins at night and no day off. And I went into like one of those classic deep lunges of chorus line and my hip spasmed. Was that, was that chorus line with, um, no, the Mary I mean, was that Mary Poppins with Laura, Michelle? Uh, yes, I was with her. Michelle yeah. Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. I she, she's been a guest on the show. Just pointing <laughs> out. Steve, it's not about the show. She's I've, I've done a few shows with her myself. Continue. And then that was course line with like Charlotte Gambois. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, um, yeah, she's very you, sweet. She's we great. just saw Jacques this morning on the TV. Yes. Yes. We were, we were watching Carousel and she was like, oh, I love this dancer. And I was like, I think that's Jacques Gambois. Gambois. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, were you um, just just while I'm on this kind of thing where our worlds are connecting and, and crossing paths? Because you did a little mini show with Laura Michelle. I did, um, yeah. but but the chorus line experience. Were you part of the Every Little Step documentary process? <laughs> I was in it for a snippet, and it was with my because I was initially I wasn't in the original cast. I was I replaced Mara Davi. Uh, so, but but I when I when I was originally auditioning, I was down there with the end to with with Mara. So they have a little snippet of me singing uh, at, at the ballet. And I had dark brown hair at the time. I had uh, at that moment in time, I was just like, you know, because I, I, I kept getting booked in roles that were the kind of like bimbo -y kind of like, you know, sidekicky because I was so because the blonde hair. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go brown and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Know, play with that. But um, anyway, so, yeah, so I had brown hair in that. So it, it might be in there for a quick snippet. Yeah. But basically, you're like rehearsing a Broadway show, performing a Broadway oh, show yeah. and doing like broadway all the time yeah it was and just and just very exhausting very uh, physically demanding and i went down to a, a lunge and my hip seized and um and i went up to uh, nick adams uh, actually who was in the show who i'm sure you know um of uh, nick and i asked him what do we do because he's a seasoned dancer been doing many shows and he gave me information for an acupuncturist so i went to the acupuncturist like the next day and 
and it was amazing. And it was like, it just gave, I had more range of motion than I had had since college. And, um, and I, cause I was young and I went quickly. And, um, so then I was interested. So I started fascinating because I knew that I was interested in the health field, but that just was a big aha. And then when I realized that they do women's health, which I was also having stuff with and other things, and it was a whole medicine and it's a whole way of life and it's a whole thing. I just completely started looking into it, diving into it, dropping in classes. And uh, it's funny how things unfold. So, And acupuncture is from an Eastern thought, not a Western thought. Yes. Yes. It's basically, I mean, they, they, they refer, it's referred to as East Asian medicine now because it does, it's, it's more than just Chinese, me, you know, Chinese medicine, which a lot of people think Chinese, but there's Japanese, Korean, um, all different types of this kind of, but it's based on, you know, the same kind of theories. Yeah. I have never had acupuncture myself, but, but our dog has, but our, our last pug um, had acupuncture for the last two years of his life. And he, his life was extended because of the yeah. acupuncture. Yeah. yeah, and I kept thinking to myself, why are we not doing this to ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> because we would watch him after you know a few sessions or even just one session, we would see the, the difference of his reaction. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I, you know, it's funny, like if you had told me you know, 20 years ago that I'd be doing this, I would have laughed, but, but, um, but it really is. Um, it's, it's so weird that you mentioned that I just spoke, literally spoke to a cardiologist today and I was, and, and, and he just said that too, cause he was asking me, uh, and, uh, and I, and he, his, his, he said that he had people that had had acupuncture on his dog and it's interesting how many people get it on their, their animals, but not, not themselves. Uh, that's very interesting to me. <laughs> well, we are, I will speak for myself. We're kind of conditioned First of all, men are conditioned to sort of not think about medicine because they don't have to deal with doctors quite as intense and early on as women. Mm. And second of all, you're kind of raised in this really effed up culture mm. that, and I can even go into mental health, you know, that we're not supposed to really um, be curious or make a, a lifestyle about health uh, <clears throat> health choices and you know you even know this as a performer when you're a performer you're not a performer you're an athlete right right and when you start to really view that all you were doing was extending your view on your athleticism yes it really once i started you know including that you're absolutely right. And just the whole mentality and the idea of that uh, body awareness and increasing like that uh, awareness of the about food be thy medicine and the whole idea of uh, just that bot being in your body. And I love that about, I mean, being an actor does help start you off on that already. Like, you know, when you are learning to, when you are being an actor, you learn about it's interesting, like how much these things led into this. I mean, I being in alignment and being, uh, whether you're a dancer, right, learning about just kind of being in alignment physically, but then also just being in your body and being present and in order for to be, to react, you know, in the moment, right? Um, when I was in a lot of acting classes, you are, you're watching people, you're watching how they walk, you're watching their alignment, you're looking at, you know, how people stand and, all these little things, they, they actually do start to, cause that's all Chinese medicine too. And East Asian medicine too, is you, you're looking at people's alignment and, and looking at what they physically are and how that affects their internal. And when it comes to their health and their constitution and the internal affects the external and the external affects the internal and all these sort of things. So a lot of these things that we learn as dancers and as actors just aligned when I started looking at the whole, the medicine as a whole, um, but you're right, men and uh, in our culture, unfortunately, and people in general, it's it's a reactive medicine, right? It's not so much a a lifestyle, right? And so one of the things I love is I doing getting into fertility. I have a um, I have a board certification in reproductive medicine, and I and doing um, and doing pediatrics because early on teaching children about these little points and things that are uncomfortable or things that are sore and, and teaching them about that awareness and that, that, you know, then you work through it, you go, you, you can work this through, you can, everything means something, right? Listening to your body, uh, talking to them about their diet, talking to them about their breath, 
all those things. The breath is a big thing with acting and learning so much about proper breathing and breath support and how many people that, how that ties into health and wellness too. But um, yeah. Well, I find that most of our search for other things are substitutes for trying to find presence in the breath. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, let's just say like, you know, a sort of an emotional sigh when you have like a beverage and a dark beverage, a glass of wine or something. It's almost like a sigh, a breath. And uh, I think that people sometimes can get um, sort of sidetracked trying to find that breath in other areas for good or for, you know, better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should say the sigh. In um, when East Asian medicine, when people are sighing, it's like they're trying to they're trying to regulate their breath, regulate their chi. You know, it's like something's got kinked, something got stuck. And so when you're breathing, when you, you hear people sighing, that they're, they're trying to do, they're trying to regulate that chi, trying to get that thing. There's a little hitch in the get along a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, and trying to kind of get things moving. When and and things that 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 do that are um, a lot of emotion, emotional constraint. You know, and we don't really look at that. We don't want to look at that, you know. So are a lot of herbs and medicine and stuff that you you might use, are are they necessarily grown here or something that's imported? Um, so Both. most of the things, the herbs that I actually, we do, I mean, most of these things have been vetted and they've been, um, uh, they, they're through certain companies that have been, um, you know, regulated. Uh, and they are mostly uh, some of the, they are mostly plant-based. Um, there are some minerals and shells and, and things of that nature. And a lot of these herbs as well um, are things that you're very you're very familiar with, right? Like cardamom and frankincense and myrrh and and uh, but these things that have been that are utilized are done in larger doses and they are um, you know done internally. Um, in China, sometimes they even do intravenously, um, and they they really have these amazing properties. Um, but don't have as many of the side effects. And some of these things are, uh, are herbs and things that come that are eventually sometimes the start of a pharmaceutical, right? They'll take that and then they'll modify it and change it, uh, into, um, like a medication. There's like, there's, um, a concha shell, for example, is going to be something that's going to be utilized eventually. And that's the Tums kind of aspect that we see now, you know, that just, but it doesn't have, if you do it from a natural state, state, it's just going to be a little bit easier on the body. So if I am of the anxious world and probably put my mind and soul through more anticipatory stress than I probably need to, what would be something that I would want to um, look into? So the thing that about one thing I love about this uh, medicine is that it doesn't really treat the diagnosis as much as it teaches is it treats the person. So, you know, we all have different, there are a lot of different patterns. Um, and so it depends on which pattern you're presenting with. And we, and we're also very complex. So most of us have multiple patterns. Um, and so it's, it's great because the formulas you can buy, you know, yes, you can get a formula, that is a very specific, been vetted for, you know, thousand years. They've utilized it often and it's used for, you know, anxiety. And we have some of those different types. Um, or you can also cater them and make them individualized, which is another thing I do love about uh, East Asian medicine too. It's not a one size fits all, um, you know, oh, well, this is the diagnosis. So this is the drug that goes with it. It's more, there's a pattern. We have, do we see a different things? I'm going to go with this one. And then I can also tweak it because perhaps this person also has, you know, some other comorbidities or some other, you know, other things that might correlate that you want to add in a, a different herb or tweak or change that amount of herbs. So it's very specifically catered to the patient. That's so interesting because right now you're also speaking to the, what, what we know in the, in, in the Western world that you, you have A, so that equals this and there's no discussion it's kind of like uh everything in our world is not quite well maybe it could be a, a catered cocktail like that but it feels more like 
you have a headache, you take your ibuprofen. Right, 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 right. As opposed to when you look at East Asian medicine, you have a headache, they ask you, where's the headache, right? We ask you, is it a frontal? Is it occipital? Is it, you know, is it, you know, on the top of the head? Where, where is it? Because all of those things tell you what's wrong. Anything that hurts you and anything that's uncomfortable, we don't dismiss we listen to it and it means something. So if something's on the frontal forehead, then that's usually signifying the stomach channel relating to something you ate or something hormonal because it's also on the same channel as your ovaries. Um, and so that's, that's the stump, that's the frontal, right? That's hormonal. That's, that's, that stomach channel or something, you know, digestive. If you're looking at the side of the head, well, that's maybe the gallbladder channel and that's maybe your neck is tight because the trapezius comes up and connects up there on the side of your occiput and it hurts your head. So maybe we need to release your muscles right and like so the, the point is is that look don't don't cover the problem uh with something that's going to temporarily make you feel better but look at that that red light that alert and find out what is the problem cause of it and let's treat it can you go to an acupuncturist if for like a general like i don't have a problem but i would like to just be kind of more aligned almost like a really good massage that's ideal. You know what I mean? Because because honestly, most things, most patients, when they come to me, they, when they come to On Point, which is my clinic, it's not just me, but like all the, they, you'll get an entire um, intake and it's going to have a lot of information about every different, you know, uh, every system, all the, it's a review of systems. And so you'll see everything from your bowels to your sleep, to your, you know, any orthopedic part, and you'll go through everything. And so most people, it's funny, they come in, they think, oh, I'm fine. But then they start coming in and they start checking off this, 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 this little box and they go, geez, I guess I'm not as fine as I thought I was fine. You Wait. know, so you'd be surprised how many people think, well, that's normal, you know, so, so I, so I eat and I get, you know, bloated. Oh, it's normal. So I, you know, I eat and I have like loose, you know, stools. Oh, I don't go to the bathroom every other day until like every three days. People think these things are kind of normal. And then when they come to us, they realize, oh, wait, maybe that's not as normal as I want it to be. Maybe that's not as balanced as I could be. So that's one. Two is that a lot of times we do catch things before they get uncomfortable. And that's the key. The key key is to not have pain, not have discomfort, and to keep it so that you don't. And that we can find those little those little tweaks and things before you get there. So, and, and you, you said your place is called On Point? Yeah, <laughs> On Point Acupuncture and Wellness Center and the, you know, on purpose, uh, I did that because we have a point shoe in our logo. We did, um, we're playing with a new one, but um, yeah, because it was kind of a, a play on words, obviously with my dance history. <laughs> yeah, that's so cute. Thank you. <laughs> um, and you're in, you're in California? So right now we're in San Diego and we are actually in the process of franchising. Um, and so we are, you know, I think we had an interest in Massachusetts um, and, and yeah, we're, we're hoping my, my, my underlying goal with the clinic is I think there are a lot of people in this country after touring it for so many years that I know that don't have this as um, they don't have access uh, to, to this option and, or it's, or it's a mystery. And they, and like, you know, I love talking about it because, you know, they just think it's, um, I don't know, either it's voodoo or whether it's like, it seems like a mystery um, but there's many, many case studies and lots of things that uh, that it's really straight, straightforward and vetted. It's not, you know, it's not a mystery. It's very, it, if you know a little bit of Eastern and Western allopathic medicine, I can explain everything through both paradigms, you know. So um, I think it's really an opportunity for people to be well. Um, and I think I can't think of a better time for it. So, you know, it's so funny whenever people travel, no matter if it's in the States or across the globe, there's a, a certain sense of curiosity that takes over that you're almost willing to try something and be like, oh, I'm just on vacation. Let's just go for it. <laughs> but, That's true. but in your own personal life, it's so hard to think outside of that box and really, you know, think of a different avenue for healthcare or think of a different way for mental um care or whatever that we would want to do or should do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I was, like I said, I had spoken to a cardiologist today and he was, and he's in Maryland and he asked me where I was. And I said, I'm in San Diego because I was talking to him about a patient and, um, <clears throat> and he was just like, well, why we should, we, we need more of this. I, I told him I work with uh, integratively out in San Diego and I, I work with um, 
with MDs and REs. And, you know, the goal here is to work together and to, um, to, to, to be, be able to have the best healthcare for people. And so I was working with him on a patient and, and he was just like, yeah, why don't we have more of this out here in Maryland? I'm like, I don't know. I'm working on it. <laughs> and I'm like, because I think it would be a, a great service for people to have that opportunity. And you're right. People don't, they don't, you know, what works is that they have somebody who comes in, they feel better and they, and then they, they share it that way. You know what I mean? Word of mouth and yeah, well, I tried this and it worked, you know, so go. Yeah. Well, and I feel more comfortable talking to you because I know you. Right. I don't know if I would have this conversation with a stranger because I might all of a sudden feel like, oh, I'm, I feel kind of stupid being like, oh, I, I suffer from anxiety. What should I do? Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's also that classic, like, like you already talked about, like, especially men and medicine and fear of being told there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And and I can speak personally to. Uh, I was having back issues and um, it it took two of my really good friends telling me, you know, the place right across the street um, has the best chiropractor mm -hmm. and, you know, you really should check it out. And I asked them questions because I was like, oh, I don't know. I've never been to a chiropractor. I don't know what I'm getting into. Mm -hmm. And only because I had friends that I trusted. Mm -hmm. um, although everyone has Google. It's just, I don't know nobody on the Google <laughs> who's saying things. Yeah. So, yeah. so then, of course, I went into that place and experienced the grandeur of chiropractic. Mm -hmm. uh, and it changed my life. Um, mm -hmm. And it made me realize so much about like what was happening in my, you know, posture mm -hmm. and everything else. And I, I think uh, if, if you are franchising or discussing franchising, it might be a smart thing to find somebody who also does animals because mm -hmm. I think you'd get more people after they see the good it does their animals to think about themselves. Yeah. Um, especially men. Um, well, there's a, there's also kind of a little bit of a religious stigma, if I can just go there, yeah. that, that when you're a kid growing up in the basic <clears throat> churches across America, yeah, it feels like those things, if I can just use the F word foreign, it feels like those are foreign things. Those aren't American. Yeah. And, yeah. It make, and it makes it feel like um, those are sort of um, antiquated things rather than realizing that they might be farther in the future than you think. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should that you that you bring that up because it's true. You know, um, when it comes to uh, like a cultural, you know, beliefs and uh, spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs, um, I definitely have had patients that have come in uh, with with some conflict, you know, with that. Um, but in the end, I think that we are all, we all are suffering in some way sometimes. And when it comes down to it, we need relief. And, um, <clears throat> and so we get to a point where many of my, the patients that do come in are people that have tried just about everything, you know, and, uh, and then they come, then they will come as a last resort. Um, because the truth is, is that Although the medicine is based in uh, in the Tao, and so this yin and yang and balance, which which is what I do love about it, and it's very um, and related to nature. Everything about it is related to nature. About time of day, when you have symptoms, they look at the seasons. They look at the time of day. We look at um, you know all of these things that correlate. Um, nothing is nothing is disjointed. Nothing is compartmentalized. You know, this is one thing that I do love about. Uh, this style of medicine. So I think that we're running into a little bit with uh, running into a little bit of a, um, a crossroads, you know, in regards to Western, our, our allopathic Western modalities and styles have kind of run into some walls, you know, I feel. And I think that um, it's just a matter of time that they're going to hopefully embrace, expand. People are going to start looking at things maybe not so disjointed. Um, but, but anyway, that's what I love about it. And, uh, I think it's important. They both have their place and I don't ever want people to think that they need to choose between one or the other because they both have their place, um, in, in, in keeping people well, 
you know, um, when it comes to Western medicine, they, God bless the fact that we have these tests. Thank, you know, thank goodness we have those. And, you know, and we do have specialists, we do have cardiologists, we do have pulmonologists, and these are people that are intelligent and that they've got to, they, we need those, the, that, those, those folks. And um, so, but if we can just have the respect and learn to, to work together in every way, right? Um, then we're going to only get better. In China, in some of these hospitals, they have a wing for the Eastern method and you have a wing for Western, you know, or allopathic medicine. And they have their place, you know. Um, so I can only pray that that would happen eventually. Have you traveled abroad with any, uh, with any of your, in search of any of your education? So I was due to internship in China and I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that got delayed, um, but uh, it is definitely on my agenda. And as things are growing like this, I would—that's where I would love for that to happen. You know, one of the things also amidst all of this amazing transition and career and all this is that I'm a—I'm a mother and a mother of two beautiful children, six and nine boys. And um, you know, and that journey has taught me so much in regards to medicine and and this whole thing too. So. <laughs> Now you're not just taking care of yourself now you're taking care of others i i am taking i'm trying to take care of myself as well as others yes you have yeah. you got to fill the well right i mean that's a classic you know acting technique you can't give unless you have something to give right if anyone uh that's listening wants to find your clinic your your shop <laughs> your 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 garage your boutique, <laughs> your boutique um where, where can they find you uh, so, yeah, so we're at On Point AWC, which is Acupuncture Wellness Center, um, and dot com. So On Point AWC dot com, um, and uh, we also are we're on Instagram, and I'm on Facebook, and we are uh, yeah, and we are located right now in San Diego on the border of La Mesa in San Diego. But if you would like a franchise branch in your town, contact. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Then you would reach out too. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Just reach out. Yeah, because I think this is uh, this is where healthcare. I think our, we need in our healthcare system. You know, through all of these times, especially. And what does that mean uh, if someone wants to be a part of the franchise? Does that mean someone else is fronting the money that you <clears throat> are filling the product with? No. So it's kind of the reverse. No, actually. Um, so what it is, is that, I mean, I, I basically, because we've done the clinic, we have the clinic, um, what will end up happening if somebody wants to do this, we will help them set the clinic up. And, um, you know, there is a fee involved, which regard, which will include all of like my handbooks and I will help train people um, and all this sort of stuff. So that way everything is pretty much we'll let them know everything that they need to get the, the clinic started. Cause everything, I just will, have all that information from what I've done thus far. Um, and so then they will basically be ready to go and get started where they are. Um, yeah. That's so exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> and, then, and then you can actually start writing your book called On Point. Uh, let's do this first. Okay. Um, <laughs> did, did, you, did you leave New York and the transition was right to San Diego? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny how, you know, when you, when you let go, how things present to you. So um, when I found, uh, when I did find um, this East Asian medicine, um, I had looked into a school and then the school, uh, which was Pacific College of, uh, at that time it was Oriental Medicine. Now it's called uh, Pacific College Health and Science, but uh, it was in New York. They had a branch, they had a branch there, a school there. Um, and so, oh my gosh, that's right. So I went there and I actually dropped in on a class and you know who was in the lobby was Erica Rominger. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, isn't this crazy how all these things just coincide and collide and over, I mean, it's just nuts. So, and I, I was there and I had not seen her since Shenandoah. And so I was there and I was in there and I dropped in on the class and I was in their little like, you know, student lobby or whatever. And I hear my name. Melissa Lund. And I'm like, who in the world would know me here? And I turn around and it's her. And she was in the middle of the, the process, the, the, um, the program. And she's like, oh, my God, I love it. It's wonderful. It's great. And I was just like, awesome. And then I found out that there was a campus in San Diego. And I was like, boom, no brainer. Right. I mean, I, I New York for me, it was not I didn't love I'm not a New Yorker who wants to, you know, love, hate New York all day, all night. I, you know, I was a great 
experience, but I knew I wasn't going to settle down there. So when they said San Diego, that was one of my favorite places on the road, you know? And, um, and I was like, well, that makes no, that makes sense. So I applied to it and no sooner than I applied to it, that I got booked to do Peggy Sawyer up at Sacramento music circus in California. So I was in Mary Poppins and they booked me, they hired me to do a summer job of that, which I had done. I had done that role a couple of times. And, um, I think at North shore and a couple of places, but they, they, they called me up to go to Sacramento and they flew me out to California on their dime. I let, I left Mary Poppins, did that show. It wrapped up, as you know, those are like three weeks or something. And then, um, and then I was in California ready to go. And I started school. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that a trip? Yeah. It's a trip. It's a trip. You know, how you open the door and, and it comes flooding, you know, so I just followed. And so I've continued to follow this path, you know, of just, you know, just listening and following. And so I went into school, loved it, fell in love with it. Um, and then when I started my clinic, I started my clinic. I got very, it was just me in a room with a chiropractor, actually. Um, I just went to a nearest chiropractor and he was like a few blocks away from my house. And he's like, yeah, he had an extra room. Come on over. Saw a few people there that got busy. I was like, I need more rooms because I don't want to take more time away from my kids. So I got a bigger space and one thing led to another. And I always did massage and I always did yoga and I always did all those things. So I always knew in the back of my mind that if I was going to build a clinic, it was going to have all of these modalities. It wasn't just going to be acupuncture, but I believe in all of these things working together to, you know, get you out of pain and then rebuild and rehabilitate and strengthen body, mind, and spirit. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, it feels like there needs to be some sort of wing of your uh, business at every conservatory uh, in America where you can, you know, realign your everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not even it's not even thought about or talked about or stressed enough at an earlier you know, time in your life. You mean conservatory for like music conservatory? Are you yeah. talking about that's interesting. Like literally, I, I I'm thinking about this at Shenandoah. I'm thinking, gosh, if if different um, uh, different arts organizations had this available for everyone, you know, it mm -hmm. would be like it would be such a a thing, almost like you know, going to the doctor, but in a much more you know, a much different way. Well, almost like when you went to the dance studios in Shingleton, right past them was the the physical therapy place, right? Right. Right. Um, there needs to be a little acupuncture, chiropractic little uh, area as well. And, you know, why not bring Melissa Lone's uh, place of operation to SU? Come on, SU people, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but chiropractor stuff is different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I mean, what it's true. And the PT, you're like, well, darn, I don't want to have to get hurt to get take care of myself. You know, the goal here is to, is to yeah, to keep your, you well so that you thrive. Don't. <laughs> so, yeah yeah um, it would be it would be your store in the front the ba the ballet room or the dance studio in the middle and then the physical therapy in the back because that's where you would end up if you don't take the, the first yeah if not door one then door three right right right. <laughs> um, right right um i would be remiss if i didn't bring this up this has uh -oh. been a constant uh thing to pop up on this podcast <clears throat> what's that with uh, former cast members of uh, and I'm of Pippin of Pippin. Everyone talks Shandoah. about Pippin. Everyone talks Ooh, about yeah Pippin. I did that show. I know. I, I had listened to a couple of of your podcasts before you know coming on here, and I I noticed that, and that's what that I was in Pippin. Yes, I was one of the Manson trios. Yes, 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 indeed. You know what we were saying. There's just something about the maybe the, the, the music from that time period, it all felt so emotional and... Um, it, it felt like we were doing a very hip and cool thing. It was a very beautiful production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was really great to work with Mary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very, it was a very exciting time. For me, I was just fresh on the scene. You remember, the, remember the guy in the pit with the head? Oh, Ben Church. Yep. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All these Yeah, ones. it was it was an interesting time though because I remember I was roommates my freshman year in Racy with Mike Esterheld. Racy. 
In a big upset, Mike Esterheld, the freshman, got Charlemagne. And I think that was a big upset for maybe Jeff Predmore, somebody else who really thought they were going to get it. <laughs> and and me and a few of my other freshman cohorts got into Pippin. And um, it was a very exciting time. It was just a very, and I got to meet all of, you know, the upperclassmen and felt like I was on a fast track to like, getting in the in in the program and mm -hmm. it's funny when matt and i got married in 2013 um of course predictably because we're gay and emotional um <laughs> with you from pippin was one of the many songs at our wedding um oh. be because of that connection that yeah. we kind of formed during the that show so it's a very special we can't have a, a past member of the cast come on without mentioning Pippin. So Yay. there is your Aww. Pippin mention. And well, I also I will also say, and Melissa, you can chime in here. Like I felt like some of the schooling programs at Shando, like the actual academic day-to-day uh, -day classes, felt a little like they were stuck maybe in like a fifties or sixties time period where we weren't quite connected to the rest of the musical theater world. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, boom, you're doing like Pippin, which mm -hmm. is kind of what you wanted to be doing, but the rest of the classes sometimes felt like they weren't up to what that was. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like if yeah. we were doing the odd couple in scene study. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I was a part of such a special thing and uh, that you guys met on that. Is that when, that's when you guys met? Was, it, was that? He, well, we met at auditions for Pippin. Um, and then, you know, befriended each other during. Yes. Yeah, but we weren't together together for until you. after. Right. I left, two more years. I left yeah. school, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Because right. I went through a whole sling of <laughs> people. I I was auditioning every Thursday. It was like it was like Ava Perone <laughs> in the revolving door, just like that, in and out. Oh, God. That's what it's college, baby. It's college. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm mindful of your time. I just want to ask if, and I don't know if this is the kind of person you do, because the person you are, because you seem very busy, but everyone needs their downtime. And if they're not meditating or, you know, do you have guilty pleasure binges that you love to watch, shows that you've gotten into? things that you could recommend to folks or is that just not your bag oh my gosh um what was the one with amy schumer she just came out with a whole like that whole tv series that, that whole series amy schumer just came out with one she's 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 amazing um it, but it was like a i think it was like an hbo series or something like that and now i can't remember the name of it yeah well i know and it's um, something obvious it to it huh it's something obvious I know. Do you know what I'm talking about or no? Yeah, I do. But it, the name is so obvious that I can't. Matthew, Google, go. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was on like Hulu or something. And is I, it, I feel it. pretty. Yes. Maybe that's what it was. And she Life which... and bath inside Amy Schumer. No, no. Did you say life and what? Beth. Life and Beth, yes. And she's got it's a picture of her and she was a wine connoisseur. What an interesting, I liked that one a lot. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. Wreck. Yeah. Now you're just naming Amy Schumer things. <laughs> no, I think it was Life and Beth. I liked that one. That's what it was. And then, um, I don't know. I find myself kind of, I find myself diving in. I mean, I roll into documentaries and things like that, but. I don't know. I don't get much time to watch. It's true. I don't really get much time to watch that stuff. I'm watching. I still have kids, so I find myself watching a bunch of kids stuff. <laughs> so, of course, of course. Um, we we oh god, the documentaries that we have recently watched and loved uh, were the what was the one about mushrooms, Maddie? Oh, I like the TV show with Martin Short and Steve Martin. The, the oh. murders in a build, the, the Only murders, murders in the building. Only murders in the building. Yeah, I like that one. We haven't they're, gotten they're, into that one yet. Oh, I like, I thought, I, I love them both, so. We watched the, the documentary on the, the mushrooms, the, what was it? The, like, oh, yeah, the one with Nicole Kidman. Did you see the one, or? Yeah. Or, 
and I, it's it's like it's not like the fabulous world of fungi but it's something like that it's okay. yeah and then of course the octopus teacher oh yes i mean that one just breaks my heart i was just like <laughs> it, it was heartbreaking it was also stunningly beautiful yes and i went am i an idiot that i didn't know that there were forests on the floor of the ocean yeah yeah I mean, beautiful <clears throat> My son, his favorite animal was the is the octopus. So, like, we learned all about the octopus. I was so attached to that octopus, you know, when I watched it. That's how I teach my kids about the octave in piano. Oh, really? Because of eight. Oh, yeah. They understand an octopus has eight legs. Oh, um, that's so cute. That's funny. That. I love um, is it is there a connection with um, Eastern medicine and and fungi mushrooms? Well, mushrooms have been traditionally extremely beneficial for hormonal balancing. And um, so, yes, they, 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 they call it, obviously, there are a bunch of Chinese herbs names for that. But, you know, uh, like reishi and cordyceps and all those sort of things uh, have been used, utilized for centuries to help with stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, we, I had gotten um, a big bag. Of no, but those are specific, not, not hallucinogenic ones. Though. Right, no, no, right, no. yeah. I got in a big bag of the, you know, lion's mane and uh -huh. uh, yep. turkey tail, turkey tail, and mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. these. Uh, I have, I've, I need to get some more because I'm out. How do you feel when you're on them? You know, I don't know. I think yeah. sometimes my mental space is so um, creative that it's uh, that I'm not quite present with myself mm -hmm. at times mm -hmm. our our dog's acupuncturist actually put you on some chinese herbs well she gave me ashwagandha yeah yeah and ashwagandha is good too the thing is when you get a lot of these things over the counter this is the trick right is that unfortunately in our country things aren't really standardized and regulated in regards to these things so uh it's ideal to go through like a nutraceutical or something that's been more vetted and then uh the chinese herbs when you get those in a like a granulated or raw form, they're going to be a lot more intense than doing it usually, kind of over the counter. Yeah, she, she gave you like a bag that was like good. from her her place. Like okay, good. Yeah. yeah, she gave me a bag and it smelled like dirt. Yes, yes, perfect. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! And then when I was taking it, um, I I could tell a difference. I I did sleep better. Maybe I should take some tonight. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I find that I, I can't I can't keep talking about myself, but <laughs> I guess you could. But, but I find that my creativity leaves my present moment so I can do a lot of um, what if scenarios to try to create either a story that me and Stephen are working on or teaching my yeah. kids or doing whatever, whatever. And then I find it hard in Arlington, Virginia, to find my own personal yoga mat space mm -hmm. to come back to because mm -hmm. I don't know that I've left and I'm at sea. So are you talking physically or are you talking like, you know, mentally, you know, grounding? Is yes. Mentally, no grounding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not until maybe something happens that I realize I've been sort of um, a big lava lamp in my mind, you know, mm -hmm. all, all day, all week. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. because me and Steven have really been sort of our own creative um, power plant creating just crap. Well, I wouldn't call it crap. What do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, you're Helen Hayes and getting Helen Hayes awards. You're making like nothing you're doing is like is crap. But over there, but you know, you're you're. But I what I'm what you're getting at though is that you you do you need that though, right? I yeah. mean, that's that's important and that's necessary for for you, and that's part of you. But you know, but there, you know, as I would as my, I joke with my patients, there's a point for that. I always say, and the truth is, is that there 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 are protocols for helping ground and you, and there are herbs for it too. You know. Um, but I would definitely look into that if you get a chance. Yeah. At I the think. on point coming to Arlington, Virginia soon. Yeah. my Well, my mother would love that if I could get an on point. <laughs> Let's get it going, listeners. Let's get it going. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you, Melissa. We love you. It was great to catch up with you. And don't be a stranger. Um, yes. And we'll, we'll keep following your journey and watching your videos that I really appreciate the captions on that I can watch like when you know, Matt's asleep or something and I can still read along what's happening because okay. apparently I'm a hundred years old. So 
So thank you. We love you. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love your podcast. I love what you guys are doing. And congratulations and everything that you guys have done thus oh, far. Thank you. You too. And we'll talk. We'll, we'll hopefully talk again soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks so much, Melissa, for catching up with us. We really had a great time. Yeah, it was so great to hear your voice and know that you were just one state away. One state. Just up in Maryland when we talked. Yeah. Um, So thanks so much. Uh, We'll have another guest coming your way tomorrow. If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Uh, you can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok under Connor and Smith, again with an ER. Also now on Patreon under Connor and Smith. Check that out before anyone else gets to see it. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It helps us out a lot. Join the Discord discussing. Discussing. I like discussing. Because you know what? I discussing a lot. Discussion. You discussing, me discussing. Is Connor and Smith at on Patreon uh, an ampersand or spelled out and? And, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Clarity Producer. Ryan Dean Halbrook. Um, if you want to uh, rate, review, subscribe to this, I already said that. Join the Discord discussion. The link is in the description of this. Also, you can add uh, to the Spotify Late 90s Music uh, playlist that we started. There's so many links in this. Um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. It's good. There's a lot of ands uh, in commas. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with another guest tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.